Hi, this is Tamara Mahoney, and this is the Open Energy Access Podcast from the NXS Foundation. This is the show where we focus on what's happening in the energy access sector in terms of development, innovation, success, and failure. This podcast was created for an audience of people who are already working or studying energy access. But I also think that anyone who is interested in innovation, startups, or development studies will find our topics pretty interesting. In this particular episode, I'm going to be talking with the CEO of Anka Madagascar about a really exciting R&D project that explores merging agricultural business with mini-grid operators. This conversation is going to be of interest for anyone who is working with or investing in mini-grids anywhere in the world, or for anyone who is playing with or thinking about any sort of new business model within energy access. Before I get more into today's topic, let me give you some quick background notes. I work for the NXS Foundation, and I had the idea to produce this podcast, Open Energy Access, because talking about our common challenges, success, and failure in an open and transparent way is something that we think should be more public. This is a space for us to go a bit behind the scenes with our open source projects and to talk frankly about everything with the people who actually got their hands dirty working on the project themselves. You can read more about our open source philosophy and why NXS chooses to work the way that we do by visiting our website, which is nxs.org, or check out our blog posts on Medium. Now, this is a different sort of project for us, where we are really talking about early stage research and development into a new idea. And there's enormous value in this conversation for the entire energy access sector. So like I previously mentioned, I'm going to be talking today with Kami, the CEO of Anka Madagascar. Anka is a fairly new company that was created by the merger of two different startups, ESOL Madagascar and Magica. These were two smaller Malagasy companies that have always shared the same vision for rural development and the role of renewable energies. And once they joined forces, Anka Madagascar was born. So Anka develops and delivers clean and affordable energy solutions for rural and isolated communities, as well as individuals and industrials. They are more than just a mini-grid company. They invest heavily in improving their community's purchasing power, which Kami will later describe as the mini-grid 3.0 approach. Now, our work with Anka was all about a project called AgriGrid. The AgriGrid business model refers to a hybrid organization that combines commercial opportunities in rural electrification with food and agricultural value chain development. The idea is that beyond providing electricity, an agri-grid operator would also play an active role in developing rural food and agricultural market activity. There's so much to explore about this idea and how to integrate energy services with agriculture, um, ranging from a mini-grid company that may act as a service provider to an existing agricultural intermediary, or maybe even going all the way through to a fully integrated agribusiness that grows, processes, packages, and retails its own products, in addition to selling electricity to the community. As you can see, this is a big idea. And to talk about this idea also means to talk about the current challenges that are facing mini-grid operators in general. And in this conversation, Kami was ready to tackle all of these topics. She is an engineer who originally comes from France, but has lived in Madagascar for the past seven years. To open up the conversation, I asked Camille to introduce herself and to tell me more about her adopted home country of Madagascar, a place that many people will be able to identify on a map of the world if they grew up playing risk as children. But just in case you didn't, we'll give you some orientation. 
My name is Camille André Bataille. Yeah, so Madagascar is a, is a great country. It's one of the biggest islands on the on the planet, and obviously the biggest island in the Indian Ocean. It's it's a big island, but very low density, demographic densities. So we we don't know exactly how many people live in the country, but about yeah, 26 million. This is one of the poorest countries in the world. So no surprise, poor infrastructure, very low uh, electricity access rates. So it's about I mean, if we talk about rough numbers, about eight mil- um, 18 million uh, people lacking access to electricity at the moment. And ONCA is basically the, the abbreviation for Anguven Sika in Malagasy, which basically means our energy made by us and for us. We have quite a unique approach to the, towards the electricity access sector. Not only we develop uh, build and operate mini grid projects, but we also have other uh, activities such as independent solar systems installation, in energy and sobriety audits and consulting as well. Well, then why don't we start talking about something that we all know is true, that mini grid companies have really been struggling to achieve success. Is this struggle what inspired the thinking behind the agri-grid business model? Yeah, I think that we all acknowledge that mini grids are a major component of the energy access solutions, but all the mini grid developers are struggling with this question. Like, what is the best way to do things to make it both, you know, impactful for communities and, and rural population, as well as economically viable on the, on the long run? Because this is what everybody's looking for, and especially investors. And I think that at Anka, the impact and the rationale behind doing this job has always been at the very core of our thinking and of our doing. When we started working in this sector and operated mini grids, we realized that maybe we were missing something. That all the mini grids and projects that we were, you know, developing and working on was really great, and they were definitely bringing uh, benefits to the remote rural communities uh, we were working with. But at some point impacts and, and results were not as high and, and obvious as we were, I guess, expecting or, or hoping for. I guess that that was at the moment, at this moment that we, we, we started thinking, okay, how should we be modeling this, uh, th- those projects and, and this, this whole mini-grid stuff to, to make it more impactful and, and valuable in the long run? And, and all of that thinking started... I'd say more or less in 2018. And we also realized at this time that the communities we were working for were mainly getting revenues and income thanks to agricultural activities. Like in Madagascar, and I think that this, this is the case for many countries on the African continent, most of the population get revenue thanks to agriculture. So we tried to think this, this whole story um, through this new you know, perspective. What if mini grids and uh, access to electricity could be connected in some way to uh, agricultural activities. That is basically how the whole agri-grid story started. How can we actually be more impactful and, you know, switch from just selling rural electrons to creating real wealth in those communities? And knowing that agriculture is, is at the very core of rural wealth, we thought that it could be interesting to tie access to electricity to 
agri uh, agricultural activities. So that is how aggregates, uh, the aggregate model basically uh, emerged. I'd say, yeah, more than a year, uh, this whole idea just stayed at the very early stage thinking. We are still a small company. We don't have funds for R&D. So that was very complicated for us to, to move from the idea to concept. And that is basically where Inaxis got into the game and, and helped us to uh, move the idea to a concrete concept. So uh, we had this idea, but we didn't know at the time if it was viable, if it was you know, re relevant even. So um, it was very important for us to just start with this uh, proof of concept and yeah, go, go through the idea to prove that there was something very interesting to go for in the end. So the Inaxis Foundation helped us uh, with this support to go through the concept and move the idea of tightening electricity access to building wealth through agricultural activities. And the idea was to both identify sites, so we use our pipeline of projects to uh, model the concept of agri-grids. And uh, in some uh, sites that we pre-identified, we tried to identify as well some specific agricultural value chains that could be interesting to focus on. And the idea was to focus on agricultural value chain that could be uh, reinforced or even created from scratch in the places that we targeted, but at the same time not being in competition with existing agricultural value chains. It sounds like in the communities that you are servicing with mini-grids, the mini-grid company isn't making as much money off of selling energy or offering their other services as they were hoping to make. So, okay, you think to yourself, if we can create more wealth in this community, the community will then have more money and have more need for electricity. Am I summarizing properly so far? Yeah, totally. Okay, so then here's my big question. What does the mini-grid company know about the agricultural industry? Is it just that you're there and you see what's happening and you have this idea about how it could be improved? Or is it that you actually know something about the agricultural industry in particular. Because to me, these sound like two totally separate industries. And, and I'm trying to understand why a mini-grade company wants to get involved in agriculture. Like what expertise do you bring to put these two things together? Okay, so this is both about increasing our impact and increasing the viability of our mini-grade projects. The, the whole aggregate concept comes from the idea that we acknowledge that uh, we need to bring more impact to those communities because it's at the very core, uh, you know, value of our company and because this is what we want to bring to those communities. We don't just want to bring commercial projects and, and you know, infrastructure or utility projects to those, com to those uh, communities. We want to have impactful footprints. But at the same time, we also acknowledge that those mini-grid projects are uncertain, very risky and uh, yeah, difficult and complex. And that at the moment, investors and the, the overall industry is not confident that there is like a proper model for the industry, even though they acknowledge that uh, overall, like roughly half a billion people will need uh, uh, mini grid solutions to bring them electricity access. So it, it's, it's kind of a, of a dead end if you see this only through the story of bringing, you know, electrons to communities. 
Okay. So aggregate, aggregate comes at this point where we know that we need to bring more impact, but that we also need to make the mini grid model more structured and solid on the long term so that investors and partners would be interesting to move forward uh, because we all want to get more people connected and have access to electricity. Um, and to, to, to answer the question about skills and, and scope of action, so the mini-grid development, let's be honest, uh, he has no skills, no competence on agriculture or agri-processing or, or whatever. And this is not the point. We, we don't want mini-grid developers to get involved in that. But we are okay. asking the question, does it make sense for mini-grid developers, since they are uh, on-site, already active in those, in those communities and already linked and tied to those communities, does it make sense for them to integrate more and to act as you know a, a bigger stakeholder in the community because electricity is nothing if it's not used electrons right. are totally meaningless if they are not converted into added value would it be accurate then to say the need for the communities at first when mini grid companies first popped up and started delivering energy into people's homes um, with phone charging and light bulbs and small appliances, would it be accurate to say that is just not enough to grow the company, to expand and to scale the way that you would need to in order to stay relevant and to one day become profitable? Would it be accurate to say this or am I off? No, I think that not only this is accurate to say that, okay. but I'd, I'd, I'd even say that this is also accurate to say that just lighting people and allowing them to charge phone doesn't mean that you're bringing opportunities of development to rural communities. This comes through increasing employment, job creation, economic activities, especially in rural areas. And what did you expect when you first started? Did you think that once people in the communities that now had access to electricity, did you think that people within these communities would start new industries themselves and that would bring more wealth and therefore more need for electricity? Or did you expect to see new industries come in? Like, were you thinking, ah, okay, by providing electricity, we are going to create wealth here. And then you were surprised that it didn't happen quickly or to the degree that you thought it would? Or did you never really expect that to happen in the first place? Basically, we did not expect any structured value chain to emerge from okay. a community where we, what we were uh, uh, supplying with electricity. But with that being said, we knew that some you know, local entrepreneurs would be thrilled to have you know, this opportunity to get access to electricity and to develop new concepts, new businesses, and so on. So we started and we did it. We, we, we supported those, those local entrepreneurs to set up their own businesses, but they were small businesses. And they're not bringing the impact that we were looking for, uh, both for the community and for our own model and company. So at some point, we realized that if we want to, to, to get this you know, structured value chain and companies to come, it would be thanks to our support and following our initiative not okay. the communities itself. So that is basically how aggregate comes in the game and how the mini-grid developer can play a role in it, not by having the skill and the competencies to oversee you know, the overall uh, agricultural process, but by incubating and integrating and supporting the whole process and the whole structure. 
So what we do through AgriGrid is that we identify value chain, we identify the end products that can bring added value to the community. We identify, the, we design the whole process and we get to understand the whole process. And at some point, we identify the proper partners and stakeholders that can uh, come into this value chain and make it live. So we, we see ourselves as a mini-grid developer, more, more as an incubator of solutions locally, rather than as a, a real player in, in the value chain. Thank you for talking about this very clearly and transparently, because in a lot of ways, aggregate is really exciting. It sounds really doable. It actually makes a lot of sense, and it could be a really big idea. But then on the other hand, we also have the skepticism, and we have to ask, okay, so how is this really supposed to work? And so in the proposal that you sent us, your objectives were listed as the following. You wanted to define and explain the aggregate business model concept. You wanted to provide an example analysis of an aggregate investment using real market data and to develop an aggregate business case assessment toolkit. So do you think you met your objectives? And if yes, how do you think other people will be able to use your findings now that everything is open sourced? Well, I think that we, we actually met our objectives because the objective of this, of this project was mainly to, to go through the idea and see if, if it was either a dead end or a, a great opportunity to investigate more. And I think that our conclusion is definitely that it's, it's worse to be investigated, uh, but we don't have all the answers at the moment. I think that we're just bringing one piece to the puzzle saying that there are maybe other ways of thinking this through. And this unexplored, though challenging idea of aggregate is probably worse to be challenged and investigated. And that's what we, uh, that's the main outcome of our study. And the Nexus Foundation helped us and supported us in going through it, building this whole idea around a real case study and building the tools, uh, both the financial model and the, the toolkits, like basic, basically it's sort of a cookbook to go through the concept and assess whether this is a good opportunity for the mini-grid developer or not. And the conclusion on our cases in Madagascar is that it's worth to be uh, investigated. It's definitely worth to be investigated. I, I would agree. The materials that Anka Madagascar delivered are, they're really exciting. So I'll take a quick opportunity to tell all of our listeners, we know that this idea is likely being explored right now all over the world. So definitely go and check out everything we have on nxs.org slash agrigrid. The, the materials there are, are really valuable. Kami, do you want to talk about the most interesting findings from your research? Um, any problems you ran into along the way? Was there something that stuck out to you that you could share with us? I think that there, was, that there would be not just one thing, but maybe two. Um, main points that I would emphasize. The first one would, would be that scaling is, is a key. When you go through the, you know, the concepts or the model of mini-grids and even more when you go for this innovative and, and unique concept of agri-grids, uh, so integrating uh, an agri-component within the mini-grids, everything you know, looks better when it comes at scale. And that's something that we, that we uh, realized while going through this whole study and this whole, you know, R&D project. Maybe for some specific value chain, that would be okay to go for a small scale. But uh, I guess that in most of the cases, 
uh, you would have to think about upscaling to make sure that uh, this would be viable and you know uh, really bring something more to your model. So that is a, a huge learning, and we are definitely using this learning and building on this learning for building our pilots in Madagascar. Uh, the second thing that was very interesting to learn was that even if we're not, even if we do do not intend to be the manager of the agricultural components, we do need some experts in that field to make sure that we understand the whole process and that we are able to model it within both an industrial process and a financial uh, model. I think that we probably underestimated the value of those experts, uh, this expertise, agriculture or industrial processing. Yeah, and, and that it, were, it was missing in the process. So for the next step of our, uh, of our work, for building the pilots uh, for Madagascar, we're definitely going to join some agricultural and industrial processing uh, expertise. Now, do you think that with all the research you've done, is this something that you would like to work on with other companies and organizations in Africa? Or is this something that you think is better to work on within your own company? How do you feel about publishing your work so far? So it's, it's really open. And this is also why I think that this is very important to share, is that because we might be one company assessing the, the relevancy and the interests of the aggregate model. But I think that to be able to assess whether this is really relevant or not, we would need other feedback and other experiences. And this is why I think that this is very important to share and to open source all the tools and you know, materials we worked on with other mini-grid developers so that they can try, they can, they can assess by themselves, they can investigate on their own to be able to either come up with the same conclusion or a different conclusion. I think that what is very important is to bring that on the table, open minds, see things from different angles and perspectives and allow ourselves to be innovative even in the very core of the business. Because now people are so much focusing on technology and, you know, technical issues that they forget sometimes that there is, you know, even more at stake and that the overall model is still to be proved. So sh sharing those tools and allowing people to test by themselves is, is very, very important. Yeah, we totally agree. And when we were putting all the materials together to publish, one of my colleagues mentioned to you that this is an excellent building block. Aggregrid is exactly the kind of thing that someone else can take and build on themselves. Maybe not with the exact same findings in the exact same way, but it is a tool that can be used. You know, it, it really is important that mini-grid companies become successful and become sustainable. Because if we are going to achieve global energy access, mini-grids are going to be part of that. And <laughs> I think we still agree about that as, as a sector. But we just have to figure out how. And there's lots of different paths that we need to explore. And I definitely think that AgriGrid is one of those routes that we should explore more. I'd like to ask you just to kind of conclude, is there anything else that you'd like to say that we haven't discussed yet? I'd say that probably something that is also at the very core of the AgriGrid concept is that it's the idea that to, to make a mini-grid model and project viable and successful it does not only rely on 
low capex and reduced project development costs, and that there's another way for making those projects uh, successful. It's it's to allow people to actually spend more because most of the you know investors think that to to make the projects successful because they are so risky and because people are so poor and and in so very you know unstable and and precarious situation we the only way it can work is to is to decrease the costs but our way of thinking is that okay that's one way of seeing of seeing things but the other way of seeing things is to allow people to actually uh, increase their purchasing their purchasing power so they can actually get access to the services that have a cost and that could be one way and probably a very successful way for making those models successful and especially, you know, viable for investors. And at the same time, a huge benefit for the communities because they increase um, their wealth and because they allow themselves to, to access to modernity, to uh, better conditions of, of living. And that's what AgriGrid intends to do, not to reduce costs, but to allow people to pay for what it's worth. Very well said, and very important that you brought that up. And, and that's that's very important to you know raise awareness amongst uh, investors because I know, and I've been so many times confronted to you know investors who do not believe in mini grid businesses, and you know are just taking this opportunity of infrastructure business to to invest in, and us trying to tell them, look, this is a risky business. And there is no way we can just reduce all the costs because if you reduce all the costs, then you also you put the quality at risk. And this is not what we want because we also want to put quality in those areas. Yeah, this is very important to to, to change mentalities and and to allow people to you know not only in the communities, in the real communities, and not only in the mini developers industry, but also on the in the investor sector. This is something that I just wanted to add because it seems to me very important that, you know, all the risks and efforts should not be made only by mini grid developers and rural communities, but also by investors who need to switch their uh, their minds and um, requirements to something that is maybe unconventional from what they know, but probably innovative and very interesting uh, if they allow themselves to get to this idea. <laughs> You've described aggregate as mini grid 3.0, right? I think I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, that, 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 that's something that we've described and that we, we see our own vision of the mini grid industry. But basically, this, this whole mini grid story started as what we could, we could call the, the 1.0 uh, mini grid model, which was basically, you know, answering basic needs. And that was, you know, the rough, the rough idea of, okay, there are some people lacking access to electricity and we need to answer those needs. And after that, after a few years, maybe one decade, um, the industry started to work around the technology and the improvement, the technical improvement that's, that could be made to better serve uh, those community and, you know, meet the needs. So that is how basically we started uh, seeing emerge smart metering, new uh, storage system, lithium, and so on. And, you know, from the technical perspective, a lot of improvements uh, were made. And that, that, that is what I would call the 2.0 stage, which was also related to, you know, many improvements on the communication and transactory uh, sector with all the social media and so on. And 
what we're seeing at the moment is 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 the 3.0 approach emerging and going back to the basics like what are the needs and how could the technology be useful for meeting the needs and how could those mini grid models and and projects be you know more impactful and at the same time using those in technical improvements and new technologies and that is where we stand at the moment from our point of view and that is what agri-grid is also building the new technologies, the improvements, new models, better understanding, more experiences, uh, especially from the field, are telling us that we're not totally there. There's still a path for us to go through, and that goes through uh, tightening sectors between them, building nexus, building bridges between sectors. Because again, electricity or overall the, the energy sector is nothing if it's not converted into added value. And that's what AgriGrid is trying to do within this 3.0 approach. And what we envision is that there would be a, a next approach, which would be the 4.0 approach, which would probably build on digitalization, green mobility, and so on. So connected even more sectors and approaches between, between themselves. And at the very core of that, there would be electricity access. Uh, but there would be a, a, a complete ecosystem around uh, electricity access, not just, you know, again, bringing electrons, but be, be building this whole ecosystem, bringing benefits both to the community and to the operators. Yeah, very well, very well articulated. When you lay it like, when you lay it out like this in, in the map, it it makes complete sense. So yeah, let's get there. Let's get to 4.0. Um, you know, like I said previously, we are really excited about this project and to have everything published online. Anka Madagascar did a really great job exploring the aggregate business model, and we, we want to share it with anyone that will find it useful. So to get access to the materials is very simple. You just go to naccess.org slash aggregrid, and please do let us know what you think. Any feedback you have on this building block, you know, take it apart, put it back together again in a different way. Just let us know. Let us know what your experience is with it. And if you would like to talk directly with Anka Madagascar or Kami, I'm happy to put you in touch. Uh, just send us an email through our contact form and I will send it along. Kami, thanks for this great job and <laughs> thanks for getting us all excited about the positive things that we can see for mini grids in the future. And also thanks again for taking the time to sit down with me today and to talk so openly. And to our listeners, thanks for staying with us. Don't forget to subscribe to Open Energy Accessed wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends. See you again next time.